I want to continue with what I was talking about last week, uh, how to survive and prosper in an election year. <laughs> I know. And this morning as I was thinking, I was like, you know, I probably should tell everybody that I'm walking through a minefield right now, and I'm doing my best not to step on any landmines. Uh, conveying this message without anyone feeling like I have. Uh, so uh, please give me uh, grace, and if I happen to step on a landmine, um, you're welcome to let me know by email or text. I definitely will take it into account, but um, we're going to pray just the blood of Jesus and the love of Jesus over each things. We'll let the ushers finish collecting the communion cups. Bless you, Lord. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Okay, so last week I um, shared with you uh, four initial things about how to survive this election year without losing your mind or losing your faith or losing, your, losing all friends or alienating yourself from everybody. And I'm, I'm trying to lay down a foundation of this is what's important. It doesn't mean this other stuff isn't important, but keep in mind as you're doing these other things that these are the things, the foundational values that you have to keep in mind. Okay, these are what are important to believers. The first one is I encourage you to have a personal vision and direction. As we know where the Lord has called us and what the Lord has called us to, we don't get distracted or don't get, uh, uh, we don't ride the roller coaster of what the news media or whatever wants us to, uh, those waves. We can stand firm on knowing who we are and what Jesus has spoken to us and we're, it enables us to love our neighbors. I won't re-preach last week's sermon, but... Number two was remembering that Jesus is bigger than the U.S. government. And so no matter what happens or, or, or what happens in any election, it doesn't negate what God's plan is. It may negate what our image of the plan is. We may find ourselves in an empty tomb, but it's a matter of discovering where Jesus is and connecting with him and running with him to do what we need to do. Okay? Number three, the importance of prayer. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which um, passes all understanding, will guard our hearts through Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah, thank you. I like hit a, hit a roadblock in my brain. So uh, understanding that we need to pray as believers and trust. We're not praying necessarily for a specific thing to happen. We are praying for the Lord's will to be done and trusting Him. Okay? Number four was uh, remembering the value of unity. That as believers, fellow believers, no matter what part of the political spectrum we land in, we can still see the value of each other and put that higher than uh, what our political values are. Okay? Okay. You ready for number five? Woo. 
Okay, number five, I would say, and uh, this is a little bit harder of a sermon in the sense that I like preaching the word and I like preaching revelation that I get from the Holy Spirit of what I see. And this is more of a uh, explaining my values and how I walk out my faith in this realm, okay? So I would uh, advise, number five, is to advocate but don't abuse, okay? Advocate but don't abuse, Understand what you believe and be willing to share and understand how to share what you believe and why you believe it, but don't be abusive in that sharing. Okay? I think it's important, um, and I see people, uh, I, I don't know what it is exactly within our culture. I, it may be a, a social media thing where we lose the sight of people and their humanity and we begin just to see them as a, uh, a little icon or whatever that word is of uh, avatar. And so we can, I, I can rebuke an avatar, avatar, I can just trash an avatar, I can troll an avatar, but that avatar is actually a human being with a history, with a life that God loves. And so just to trash, I, I can't justify love your neighbor as yourself and walk that out if I'm just trashing you because you disagree with me in a 144 characters. And so there is nothing wrong with advocating. God has placed messages in your heart and you, you should be able to vocalize them but learn to vocalize them in a way that actually communicates the heart of what you're trying to do and isn't just used as a sword to beat people upside the heads. Let God teach you in that, okay? Abuse is when we fail to meet people where they are. We just say, well, you're just dumb. If you don't understand what I'm saying, you're just dumb. I can't believe you are. There's nobody that's a Christian if they don't agree with me. If they don't hold this opinion that I have, there's no way you know Jesus. You know, that's just beating people up. That's not communicating your value. That's not advocating. Advocating is, this is what I have found to be true. And understanding that it's based on my, what I've studied, what I've learned, what I've experienced... I'm not a college professor in political science, but I have experienced things, and I can advocate based on what I experience, okay? And understanding that and communicating in another way that honors the other individual that you're communicating to. Be careful on social media. I see a lot of people who get caught up in emotions or got caught up in the moment, and they're, they're uh, communicating very harshly on social media. And all it does is it just it's stabbing people that you don't even realize you're stabbing. And then later on when you meet them up and then they're like avoiding you. And you're like, I don't understand why they're avoiding me. Well, it's because you told them that they were an idiot on social media and you didn't realize it. You know, just social media is a tool and we need to be careful how we use that tool. Okay. When you're having conversations with people and you're advocating, take time to listen and understand where they're coming from. You may completely disagree with them based on your experiences and your beliefs and your values. That's okay. Honor them as a creation of the Father, someone the Father loves. 
And it's okay if they see it completely different as you. In the, God, if they're wrong, God will deal with their heart. If you're wrong, God will deal with your heart. Let's get back to the, these are my neighbors, and I'm going to honor them. I want to understand where people, how I grow is I talk, I listen, and I listen, and I try to, even when someone is yelling at me and rebuking me or whatever, I look for the nugget of truth in what they're saying. Once I've calmed down. I try to. I try to, to sit back and go, okay, was there any truth? There's got to be a little bit there. Was there something there that I can grab a hold of and grow from? Advocate, don't abuse. Empathize and be slow to judge. Empathize and be slow to judge. This is all within that advocate but don't abuse. So when you see people as the creation of God and you hear them say things that you're like, wow, I don't even understand. That's so outside of my realm of understanding. Begin to empathize. Okay, why do they, why, why, and, and if you talk to them and listen to their story, you might find that the reason they believe that is because of something that they've experienced. And then you can begin to empathize. You may still disagree with their end result of what they've decided because of what they've experienced, but you can understand how they got there and you can empathize and see them and love them even in the midst of the fact that you disagree with their end result, okay? It's seeing people, not a political opponents, okay? But I do want to emphasize it is totally fine for you to share your opinions and you should be able to advocate for what you believe in a healthy, diplomatic Way you should be able to. If you're not able to, you're probably um, your struggle with um, either you're around very abusive people who will just blast you like bombs going off, or uh, you don't feel safe and you need to determine why, or um, you know you've got triggers in your own life, or you're abused and you're you're just afraid to go there, and you need to learn how to advocate for yourself. Okay, uh, there are great therapists who can help people break through in areas so that they're able to advocate for themselves. Uh, but you should be able to advocate. It's a healthy part of, of uh, God's creation in you. It's not wrong to have an opinion. Okay? Okay. That was probably my least spiritual one. Um, I've only got two more, so I'm not going to go long today. Number six, uh, I would say, um, I tried to word this a little bit differently. Um, well, I'll tell you what I wrote down. In my heart, when I wrote it down, it was, don't manipulate and avoid being manipulated. Okay? Don't manipulate and avoid being manipulated. Uh, we have a lot of power. Uh, as believers, and people have a lot of power, and we can either allow them to use their power to manipulate us, or we can use our power unhealthily and manipulate others, okay? Um, and we have to be careful that we don't uh, want something so bad for someone else that we do anything within our power to, to uh, use uh, emotions or words or actions to get them to do what we're wanting for them. 
Okay, That is manipulation. It's a form of control, and it's not the way God works. God, God brings you into freedom. Uh, I like the way Exodus Cry goes, and they present gifts, and they communicate values of love. And they present an opportunity. You're going to be loved, and you're going to experience the love of the Father if you would like to come through this door. They don't go in and manipulate and twist and turn and use emotions and use words to get people to do what they want them to do. To me, that's very abusive. It's unhealthy. Um, it happens sometimes in the charismatic church. It, well, it happens in every church, don't get me wrong. But uh, in the charismatic church, it would come in the more of the form of, well, God, God told me you need to do this. Or prophetic word, thus saith the Lord, you need to X, Y, and Z. And it has nothing to do with God. It's just me wanting you to do something. You know, in a, in a normal church setting, and this isn't just church. This is political. This is wherever you want people to do this kind of stuff. But in a normal church, it might be a sermon uh, that pulls on your emotions because my goal is to get, say, we want to start a ministry for the homeless. So all I do is I just talk about the, and bring up to you constantly the devastating stories to pull on your heartstrings concerning the a homeless because we're going to be taking up an offering and I need $10,000. You understand what I mean? That to me is manipulation. And I, I'm not allowing you to hear the Holy Spirit for yourself. I'm trying to motivate you with my words to do something. Now, there's a, a line there that you have to be careful with. I mean, marketing is a part of presenting uh, who you are and, and what the values are and communicating it. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just have to be careful in the political realm because there's a lot of manipulation that takes place. Okay? You guys still love me? I know I'm, I'm on, I am skirting around landmines right now, so I'm doing my best. Whew, you ready for this one? Okay. So let's talk about immigration. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you what I think. What I'm going to read to you, I want to give you some ideas so that you recognize how politic, political spheres can be manipulative and you need to be wise and step back, okay? This is an article from Real, Real Clear Politics dated January 25th of 2017. Uh, I can't remember where Real Clear Politics stands on the spectrum. I think it's more of a left-leaning, just for reference sake. I, I don't know, but it doesn't really make a difference. I just thought this was real unique. Um, let's see. On the one hand, Obama is the harshest enforcer of immigration laws in American history, deporting more illegal immigrants than any previous administration. Some of, you, I, I, some of you were like, oh, that's never happened. The Obama administration deported about 3 million illegal immigrants compared to 2 million under George Bush. Obama is the first president since Reagan who will leave office with about the same number of illegal immigrants living in the country as, we, as when he was initially sworn in, which is about 11.3 million. By contrast, 
the population of illegal immigrants grew by more than 2 million under the Bush administration with an even larger growth under the Clinton administration. So President Obama's immigration legacy is mixed from, from their point of view. Okay. Much stringent enforcer of immigration laws in American history. He's the most stringent enforcer of immigration laws in American history, according to them. Earning him the title by La Raza. La Raza is the uh, Latino, um, Latin American group. It's the one that for Hispanics that fights for their rights. Okay, La Raza is. La Raza gave him the title the Deporter-in-Chief. And I looked up the article, and yes, it is, it is there. La Raza did say that back in 2015. Hmm. If I were to ask you today who is pro-illegal immigration and who is anti-immigration, would you kind of decide which parties fall where? And according to what you're hearing right now by whatever news channel you're watching, do you hear a certain line toward one and not the other? Interesting, isn't it? This title is, this is from USA Today. It's uh, dated January 29, 2019. It's titled, Democrats and Republicans Flip All the Time on Border Security. Security. Uh, here's the quote. You'll love this. Immigration has been reduced to the point where it does not provide the stimulus to growth that it should, nor are we fulfilling our obligation as a haven for the oppressed. Did you hear that? Who said that? Which party? That may sound like a quote from a, a, a congressional Democrat, but it's actually a quote from the 1960 Republican Party platform. Two decades later, the nominating conventions of both parties endorsed planks extending traditional American hospitality to immigrants. Reagan himself signed a bill in 1986 providing a form of amnesty to immigrants in the United States without green cards. Listen to this quote. I voted numerous, numerous times when I was a senator to spend money to build a barrier to try to prevent illegal immigrants from coming in. And I don't think that you have to control... I'm sorry. And I do think that you have to control your borders... Who said this? Hillary Clinton. Have I completely shocked you? My point is, political parties ride political pressure from the grassroots. And they say things because they want to know what you think, and they'll say things along with where they think you are to be able to maintain power. And they'll flip based on what you, they think the general public within their party powers are thinking right now. That's my point of this. Not everything you're hearing on your news source right now, if you are single-channeled news sources, I go across the board. I, I uh, go CNN, BBC, Fox News, and Newsmax, which are pretty good across the board to me. I do some real clear, I, it's one of those more left-leaning, just to see where people are and what they're saying, okay? I could go on, I've got whole things here. Um, 
President Clinton. All Americans, uh, he said this in his 1995 State of the Union address, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. Uh, and it's both ways. I mean, right now, you hear, I, the reason I've read more Democrats is because right now the, it's the Republicans who are voicing this. And I wanted to show you that there are both. I'm not picking at all. What there is is there is issues that need to be addressed. And we have to uh, figure out as our government how to do this. So I know I'm, I'm, I'm scooting around this landmine. So... <clears throat> These, this is from, this is my last one of this. This is from the New York Times, okay? New York Times. This is the annual southern border apprehensions by fiscal year from October to September. So I don't, you can't see it real well, but this is the year 2000, and it's about 1.5 million is this little graph right here. And it steadily goes down all the way through Obama. It kind of levels off and stays pretty much the same under Trump. And then this is Biden. Okay? So it isn't like, while Democrats have always had the border open, Republicans have always been against it. it it's not like that at all. It's what is important right now to get power. Okay? Uh, currently, we have, in the last three years, we've had 5.92 million border apprehensions. For perspective, if you take the entire Kansas City metro area, that's everything, that's around 2.2 million people. So we've had close to three times the entire Kansas City metro area across the border. Now you may think that I am anti-immigration, I'm not. Uh, just to give you, to add some clarity here, I have a, a a good acquaintance, he's a friend of the family, of uh, my family. His name is, well, his name is his name. And uh, he has crossed the border over the last 10, 15 years more times than I can count. He goes back home, brings all of his earnings, or brings a good portion of his earnings, supports his family, crosses back into the United States, lives in the area around where my family lives, runs a company, pays his taxes, pays his employees, takes care of his employees. He's great that way, but he does go back and forth. He's never been able to legally, and he's crossed so many times and gotten caught so many times, he's never going to get a citizenship or the right to actually work here. So that's just one. Uh, I have some Russian friends that at, when the war started, they fled Russia, flew to Mexico, and walked across the border. And now they're safe. They live in Georgia. He's got a job. He's working. They got um, refugee status, uh, but they illegally crossed the border. Okay? Uh, some of our Ukrainian friends that we know very closely, some of them walked across the border. Because it's far easier to walk across the border right now than it is to fly in and go through the paperwork. Okay? I'm just telling you the practicality of it. Uh, back when we were in the old building, I baptized an Iranian woman. If you remember, if, you, if any of you were there that day, we baptized her. Uh, she had walked across the border. She was, became a believer, a Muslim who had converted, became a believer with her family. And they were so persecuted that her and her daughter 
flew to Mexico, walked across the border, and paid $25,000 to get across and were assaulted by their trafficker who got them across their whatever, the coyote who got them across the border and had trauma from that. But I baptized her here. She had already become a believer in Iran, but I baptized her here to help her get legal status in the United States as a refugee. So to me, it's not just a simple, I don't know how to solve this. I'm not a politician. I'm not seeking solutions. I'm just saying this is more complex than what you may get as the party line from whatever news source you're watching. And you just need to be wise enough not to just judge and go, well, if you believe that, you're... Uh, uh, uh. Well, there's a lot more there that you're not seeing. You know, there's a lot here. I could go on for days just talking about this mess of a situation and how it's hurting. Like if you go up to Chicago and they shut down the school and sent the kids home because they needed room for the illegal uh, immigrants to keep them warm. So African-American kids were sent home from school in a poor school district so that illegal, because that's all Chicago knew what to do. And I'm like, well, that's terrible. You're hurting these kids to help. You know, it's just that this humongous mess. I'm not here to talk about the mess, okay? I just want to make that clear to you that what you're hearing isn't always not just a party line, and you need to be aware of that. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So before you get mad and angry, advocate in a calm way, figure out, do some research, read both party lines so that you can find out what's really happening instead of just the talking points. Have you ever seen the talking points where they do the clips and all the people of the politicians say the exact same verbiage in both parties? It happens on both parties. You know, they're given talking points. This is the way we're addressing this issue. So that isn't any ingenuity. That is, this is the party line. And if that's all you hear, that's all you're hearing is a party line. And you're judging and cutting off people based on that. I would say you're being manipulated and you need to be careful as believers. How are you praying? If you're praying based on the manipulation, are you praying the will of the Lord? Or are you praying the will of the Republican or the Democratic Party? Are you cutting off your relationship? So you're saying, okay, Matt, breathe. Thank you, Lord. If I am so Republican or so Democrat that I can't fellowship with, I judge and I cut them off. I am saying that my party platform is more important and has more value than this. And that, guys, is heresy. So there's nothing wrong with advocating and explaining what the problem is and what your solution is. God bless you. I'd love to hear what the solution is. But if all you're pushing out is that, understand that and see that, guys. Don't be manipulated and don't manipulate. I had a couple verses there. Um, one of them, uh, don't worry about it. I, I can give you a couple of verses if you want, uh, but let me get to the last one. 
as we're running out of time, and I don't want to talk to you all day long. This is number seven, and this will be the last word that I have on politics this year unless something drastic happens, okay? Because I want to talk about Jesus. Are you ready for this one? Candidate X, whoever that is, candidate X is not the last hope for America or the world, whatever that is. And lately I've heard both of both sides predominantly saying that. If I'm elected, you need to elect me because da, 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 da. and if you elect him, which means you need to elect me, the whole world's going to fall apart. You know, it, it goes both ways. I've, I've heard it both ways. As believers, we need to understand that Jesus is the only hope for America. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not saying, you know, just don't get in politics and don't do anything. I'm just saying don't elevate that to the position above Jesus. And it's very tricky. Because when you do, then all of a sudden you can use that as, well, if you're voting for him, you're part of the problem and you are wrong and you need to be destroyed. Jesus is, and actually, it's Jesus in you that's the last hope for America. Jesus in you. Because who's going to carry Jesus into your act. Who's going to bring change? Who's going to love your neighbors? Who's going to speak peace to the, your work? Who's going to bring hope in the midst of struggle where you are? It ain't your president, whoever that is. They can say stuff, but it's actually you who carries the light. Second Chronicles 7.14, thank God for it, says, If my people elect the right guy, Oh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong version, isn't it? Let me, uh... If my people who are called by my name, are you a believer? Do you carry the name of Jesus? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, it's pretty simple, guys, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, deciding, okay, I don't want to live that way, I want to live like Jesus. Then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and I'm going to heal their land. And he'll heal their land through you. You know, we've had, a, uh, we've had a pretty big shift in the prayer movement as of late. And I don't know whether or not IHOP KC will survive. I don't know. I'm just watching it from afar watching what's going on, I don't know. But I do think that if we have surrogated our prayer because they're praying, we don't need to, then Lord help us. It's time for us to, you know, recognize that and go, okay, you know what, I've been so used to mom and dad making me meals that I've never learned how to cook myself, and it's time for me to learn how to cook myself. You know, it may be the time where God's saying like, uh, I don't know if you ever noticed Acts 1.8 versus Acts 8.1. Acts 1.8 says, uh, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, uh, Samaria, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And they don't leave Jerusalem. Acts 8.1 says a great 
persecution came upon the church and the believers spread throughout the world. Acts 8.1 was one way to carry out Acts 1.8. So we can take what's happening over there and go, okay, it's time for us to begin to pick up the mantle of prayer back again and begin to pray as a body, begin to pray as believers. Let's walk out 2 Chronicles 7.14. Not just there. They're doing it. Thank God they're doing it. But let's us join in and be a part of this. You got ideas of how to walk that out here? I'm more than happy to listen to them. I can just leave the building unlocked and the sound system running. If that'll work for you guys. <laughs> scares me a little bit, but... I mean, we can figure out a way that this place is going and you can just come in anytime, day or night, and come and pray. It'll raise our costs a little bit for heating and light, but you know what? Anyway, I'm just throwing out a crazy idea. I always start with the crazy ideas, don't I, Dennis? And then we get down to the more lo uh, logical. Okay, it's just the passion in me. I, just, I throw stuff and see what sticks, and we get down to the healthy stuff. But... Since candidate X is not the hope, let's us rise up and lead out in the hope that's around us. Let's us advocate for what Jesus has put on our heart to those that are around us without beating them up over the heads. Let's not be manipulated. Let's keep our peace and let's not manipulate. Let's just share the truth in love humbly. And then we can see our nation turn around regardless who is occupying Pennsylvania, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Okay, we survived. Ah, let me pray over you, guys. We will have our prayer team right up here.